Welcome to Nurture Small Business, creating a thriving space with your host, Denise Kagan. Denise is the president of DCA Virtual Business Support and has been a business owner for almost 20 years. DCA Virtual Business Support provides small businesses with an expert pairing of virtual administrative and marketing assistance to match your needs. Learn more at dcavirtual.com. Hello, and thank you for joining me today. Today, I have with me Eric Christofferson, the CTO of Rethink Innovations. He handles all the technology and engineering responsibilities at Rethink Innovations. Now, Eric also holds the title of CTO at Visual Image, a global digital signage company. He is currently responsible for all the technology development for the retail and military customers And in his first few months there, he has identified major areas of improvement and cost savings that has greatly streamlined and secured the business for the future. In addition to this, I'd like you to know that Eric has developed proprietary systems and products for many years. Eric, thank you for joining us today. Oh, thanks for the invite. I appreciate it. No problem. So let me start off with a super simple question. Many of our listeners may know this, but what is a CTO? Ah, well, it's a good question because not everybody has one. Not everybody understands why they need one. Uh, it's a chief technology officer. And, and uh, a lot of people seem to think that the CTO is the guy who's responsible to know absolutely every piece of technology that a company does and utilizes um, and be able to do it all. <clears throat> Actually, that's kind of far from the truth. They need to understand the technology that a company is implementing um, but also be able to understand the business application for it. So you have to be able to understand a couple of different facets because your your world revolves around money, um, business practices, future goals, and you have to make sure that your resources that are technology, be it a, an internal server or an external server, be it a human's uh, resources, um, are uh, in alignment with the business goals. So it really, it's the person responsible for aligning the technical resources of a company to the business goals. That's a great explanation um, because in my mind, I probably would have equated, uh, equated it a little bit more to an IT specialist. And it sounds like you are far more than that. Yeah. Again, uh, people think CTO, they go, oh, it's IT, right? <clears throat> but it's true if your company does a lot of IT. But if your company, like uh, Visual Image, does a lot of uh, digital signage, it's a lot of IT work, but it's in the process of doing digital signage. So it, it's not, we're not putting, you know, you're not maybe rolling out computers and servers for people to use at your desktop. It's a different process. Um, just like at, at Rethink, we use computers, but more for corporate AV. So there, the CTO is kind of more responsible for making sure that uh, products and things we're pushing out in the future make sense to that business and what they do every day. Um, so it doesn't necessarily have to be, oh, let's make sure that the servers and the network and all that time infrastructure. It could be, but it depends on the business. Perfect. And, and today we're going to be talking about touchless technology, which is technically not new. We have solutions that incorporate speech recognition, facial recognition, as well as digital finance solutions. And while they weren't specifically created to to combat concerns with COVID-19, I suspect that these technologies are definitely being implemented in a different way now that the pandemic is here. 
Um, can you chat with us just a little bit about what you're seeing with current trends with the touchless technology? Yeah, this actually applies to a lot of different things. And it, it's funny, the, the more you think about touch, the more you realize you touch things. Uh, a lot of things. <laughs> and it's way more than you think, right? It's, it's um, you, well, as, as a quick aside, right? So NASA introduced a little open sourced necklace, right? And the concept being you wear it like a necklace and it sends out signals, um, infrared that detect when your hands get close to your face. Like I'm, I know you can't see me on the podcast, but I'm putting my hands close to my face. And when you put your hands close to your face, it would make a little sound. And so they, you know, NASA invented it and, and they kind of reminds you, hey, stop touching your face, right? Mm. So these are the little things in life that you don't think about that sometimes touchless isn't just, oh, I don't want to touch the doorknob or I don't want to touch something that's a public space. Um, There's a lot of little things that people have been doing. And what we're finding is touchless means a lot of different things to different people, depending on their environment. Kind of like I went through and said, what does TTO means to different businesses? Touchless means different things, different companies, or what's most important. Um, Obviously, everybody seems to understand that, you know, touchless at a door, if possible, would be great. So let's just talk about that for a moment. You know, touchless at a door, there's a couple of thoughts there. So if you take it from an access control standpoint, um, a lot of people have cards or fobs, whatever you want to call them, to wave at a door and the door unlocks and then you can open it. It's that then opening phase that could be reconsidered. So there's companies that have covers. So um, we put them in our office. They're just like slip covers that are antimicrobial that then um, cover the surface which you touch. So it's less transmissive in in that manner. Um, I do believe in the future, uh, different metals will be starting to be used in in these types of areas. Um, As I don't know, anybody may have, may have not seen, but like brass is a very low transmissive quality in transmitting disease. So things, not that I think brass is going to come back because due to the commodity of it, but more things like that. Um, that's a very key piece. Um, you know, that exiting, you know, uh, if you ever went through a hospital, hopefully you haven't, but if, if you have, um, there's a lot of doors that keep air contained. <clears throat> um, the doors are not there for security's sake. They're there to contain air uh, separation, but uh, you need to open that door and you may be pushing something with your hands. And so what they have is a, is a wave. So they wave at a sensor and the sensor detects a wave motion and then opens up the door. So then the doors electronically open. So these are now options that could be implemented at, at places to help get around the touch aspect. There's a, there's a couple, a lot of other options as well. Yeah, I'm familiar with proximity sensors. As a matter of fact, when you started talking about some of that stuff, I started thinking about, which has nothing to do with business, but the doggy doors that your dog wears a collar and comes up to and then it opens. So, um, yeah, it had made me think of that, but I didn't realize that that control of air was connected to it, too. So it's far more than just literally opening the door. It could be related to other functions as well. Right. So I'm just picturing doggy collars for humans now. Is that, is that where we're going? <laughs> no, 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 no. No? Okay. <laughs> so, so 
Um, as far as for businesses, you know, if they want to upgrade their technology, and I do suspect this really depends upon what their goals are and what type of business they have, but what would be the top, you know, one, two, maybe even three things that touchless technology they should consider? Yeah, so we've identified it at Rethink that. Um, so we've been putting out corporate AV for 14 plus years now. And as you might imagine, things have trans have moved on in time and things act differently and people do things differently now. Before COVID, um, they were already in this path of video conferencing, very popular, very easy for everybody to do. Um, but conference rooms at, at the physical office were getting complicated and we were implementing touch screens everywhere and things like that. So what we identified was Allison at our company was saying, you know, we really need to have more, less touch uh, where possible and be able to give these solutions for our customers. So <clears throat> we actually came up with a process and our own code that, that ultimately ties in with your conference room. It allows you to use your phone with whatever platform you have. If you don't have anything crazy, fancy, it's simple to use from your phone. So it's, yes, you're still in the same room, but at least you don't have to touch the touchscreen. You don't have to have a touchscreen to use your, your device to control the room, even as a guest. So I think that's a, that's a big one that actually we're in the middle of promoting this week and pushing out marketing on. So we think it's a, a really big way to get that out there for less touch because ultimately, like we all realize, you're still going to have to touch things in life. <clears throat> But the less you can do, the better, really, is what it, is, is the goal, right? Um, the other thing is, um, I'd say that could be implemented in, in other areas, the touchless around security, <clears throat> if possible. I know a lot of people have been talking about automating doors, like we were just talking about earlier, but not from a security standpoint, but just as I was saying, from a hospital standpoint, so you don't have to touch the door handle to open it. So that's been some asks we've seen back. Um, and those are the big things we're, we're seeing around the touch and the techni technology in the corporate world. So Eric, are you seeing any of this door opening technology being tied into payroll and timekeeping? Right. So there, we're not seeing the door opening technology put in there, but what we are seeing is the ask for questions or temperature reading. So um, some of the asks we're seeing now is just a temperature reading of you and answer questions, simple answers of yes or no. Have you traveled? Have you done this, this, that, the other? Okay, there's maybe nobody there uh, monitoring your answers, but it's just a human checklist that, oh yeah, right, I didn't do that in the past 14, you know, as an example, I didn't fly in the past 14 days, as an example. Um, and tying that to payroll, this is where this is where the land of technology to rights of an individual becomes very sensitive, right? So um, you could kind of consider that a temperature taking is a health thing. Um, and then the sensitivity of that answers as you, the human, so what we're saying from a technology standpoint, we can give you ways of doing the reading, the questions, the answers, the results, the integration, 
but where that data goes really needs to be considered from a HR perspective. That makes perfect sense, absolutely. Um, I was just curious because I know from prior places where I used to work, you know, when you would come in, <clears throat> they could see your access, you know, in and out of the building, you know, so if they needed to check payroll records, they, they certainly could. Yeah, um, so the, the way typically it's allowed in most states is you can't use access control systems to directly control pay, but you oh. can use it as a checks and balances. Okay, I did not know that, so that's good yeah. to know. Thank you. Now, let's talk a little bit about security right now. Um, facial and speech recognition, there's, you know, always concern with people, you know, with the freedoms again. So what about uh, facial and, uh, and speech recognition in relation to business technology? Yeah, so this is a very interesting one. Um, and what at Visual Image, we do a lot of digital signage. And what we're doing there is working on I don't want to say perfecting because that's the wrong word, but implementing in a way that makes sense for customers. And really it comes down to a lot of education. So facial recognition is, can be very done innocently and, and protectively of the person, or it can be done in an invasive manner. And that's kind of what you see on the news and, Oh, you know, uh, cameras like Dawa cameras are banned by the government because they feel that that security is a risk of, information on the China. Um, but <clears throat> basic facial recognition can be done usually on a device if it's very basic. And it's like, okay, I capture you, you are a man, you are this, you're approximately this age. That usually can be done very simply on a on a device. Um, and usually they don't want the information for more than hey, a person is standing here, a person is doing this, there is an actual human here versus an object. Um, so it comes into play where you really have to think through what do you want from this information. Speech recognition is another one. Um, as we all know, uh, Alexa being the most dominant in the residential market, um, that isn't an appropriate technology to put out at a company. You know, um, although it's very mature and works really well for most cases, recognizing people's speech. So Alexa is a great product for speech recognition at your house, but taking that same technology and putting it into a corporation or a retail environment, really, um, whether it has security implementations and concerns or not, um, the perception is there is. Right. So putting a recording device into someone's conference room for speech recognition is great, but people will never trust it. Right. So even if I said to you, OK, uh, when you wave your hand above this sensor, a no touch sensor, um, it will start listening. It'll make a sound. It'll start listening and it'll make a sound when it's done. And yes, you may believe that that's what's happening, but you'll still stare at that device going. Is it recording me? Is it recording this conversation? Is it this? Is it that? Because you don't know. Um, and there's no way to, even if you put the technology behind it, um, there's to prove to people that's what's happening, it, it wouldn't matter. Um, so speech recognition has a very, very, as far as we're concerned, a little more uh, hard thing to implement 
uh, and you really have to have a good use case uh, and a good environment to do it in. So it's really more about the trust on that one, not the technology itself. Yeah, speech recognition has come a very long distance. I mean, uh, Alexa, we've, we've done the Alexa, we've done Google Voice, we've done, um, it's not Cortana, it's their new Azure-based uh, voice recognition. We've done the IBM Watson-based one, and all of them have pros and cons, but ultimately, it's okay in certain instances, but you just really have to think through the use case if you're going to try to implement that. Okay. So for a business, it seems like, you know, facial recognition may be better as far as controlling security access points or potentially, you know, like iris scan to get into a company-owned laptop or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Facial recognition is definitely far more easy to understand and also secure you you're, you're using facial recognition usually around us for security purposes uh and you understand that <clears throat> and and most of the time here in, in the u.s you know facing cameras inward of a, a occupied office spaces we'll say frowned upon and in some countries illegal gotcha gotcha okay so um We've talked a lot about touchless things and how much we actually do touch things. <laughs> yeah. What do you perceive as the future of touch screens? I mean, we use them everywhere, as you mentioned, checkouts, ATMs, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, one of the things, you, if you think about, um, we, I would say over the past two years, prior two years, I'd say prior to COVID, um, putting, as an example, a ball, uh, first off, and putting kiosks there with wayfinding. So, you know, you walk up to them and they're still going to be popular going forward, but you walk up to them and say, oh, I want to go to, well, for some reason, Dillard's because popped in my head. So we'll go with that. Not that I've ever been there, but um, in, you say you want to go there, you hit that and then it shows you in 3D. Uh, okay. Take a left, take a right, take a, you know, this, go up the steps and, and there you are. And usually you walk up to a touch screen and interact with it. Now that, Technology could push to your phone and give you instructions to walk down the mall to find a place, um, but you still started the interaction from a touch point. Um, so what we are seeing there, as an ex- just using this as an example, is great if you'd like to start interacting with this screen. Um, you scan a QR code, and then all your touch interactions are on your device. So okay. while you're standing in front of the device, you get to control you know, what you're clicking on and then, okay, great. I'm done. You work away. Now, from a standpoint of what that does is if you think about it, that touch screen is no longer a touch screen. So touch screens um, from a technology standpoint are a very heavy uh, and B uh, there's only certain sizes until you get to custom. And if you now can replace or take screens that were not touchscreen and make them touchscreens because you're using your device through technology, that's a whole new market. And it's a market that we're actively working on everywhere. So it's, it's definitely something we see as a change, transforming non-touch-based products into touch-based products. That's fascinating. And that actually makes me think that that could potentially you know, my question before about, you know, could you tie that to employee records and t- clocking in and out? 
literally doing a code in front of a screen and then them clocking in through their phone. Yeah, I, I could see that application there. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, as well as filling out surveys, other information. That's incredible. Um, I hadn't even thought that that would be possible. So I yeah, love where one, things are going. Yeah. One, one of the um, partners we, we work with, we developed a, um, a screen, a sanitizer and everything and a questionnaire. And the concept is as you're standing, you, as you put it at the doorway, as you're standing there, it prompts you, hey, you know, here's the behavior you need to be at the office. It's a video running telling you information from the CDC, blah, blah, blah. There's a QR code. You pull out your phone, you scan the QR code, you answer the questions of the day or the questions that need to be done based on that customer. Um, at the end of that survey, it either gives you a, a red hand that says, hey, stop, call HR or your manager, stay here, or a green thumbs up and go ahead into the office. And so that really there's no access control. It's more of a, a checkpoint. Like, are you mm -hmm. safe to go forward or not? Absolutely. Um, I like that. That's, that's incredibly brilliant how that would be applied there. So, Eric, is there anything else that you would like to share with us about touchless technology? Ah, boy. <laughs> there, it's such a, there's such potential in uh, the new thought process of your device being the remote control, right? And, and our goal that we see a good vision and future for is non-app based control. So um, as we all know, you can load, uh, I'll use an example like at your house. So everybody has a streaming device. Uh, if you have an Amazon Fire TV or a Roku or any of these, you can load their proprietary app and use your phone as a remote control. And that works out great when it's you in your environment. But as soon as you start throwing in guests or random people, um, nobody wants to load an app to do something once, right? Agreed. So if you can avoid the app-based interaction and keep it web-based and keep it uh, very, very simple, uh, that that's where uh, a lot of development time need to be put. And that's what we're working on. So I think that's, that's key. And what, what we don't know is we love talking with customers and business owners and um, it doesn't, not even people in technology, honestly, people that have a business need and solution or, and they're looking for a solution to be safer. So unfortunately we don't exactly know where this is going to go because we're waiting to hear the next problem, right? Because, and then we can fit the solutions for that, that, that is this direction. So. Yeah. It seems like some, any type of um, problem is kind of what drives technology. It's, you know, you get the problem and then you work towards a solution. So that's, that is definitely the innovation cycle for sure. Yeah. So Eric, can you tell folks how they can find you after our podcast? Uh, absolutely. Um, obviously, you can reach out to me. Uh, there's a website for Rethink Innovations. It's it's myrethink.com. Um, that's where you'll find a lot of stuff about. We're going to be updating over the next week or two of uh, more touch less technology that we're implementing. Um, 
there will be a new product kind of coming up there in the next week or so. Uh, hopefully by the time this is released and everybody's online, it'll, it'll be up there. Um, I can also be reached at, it's the letters E-A-C at myrethink.com. And um, that those two are the best. And, and if you need any phone numbers or nothing like that, uh, they're on the website as well. Perfect. Well, Eric, thank you again for being my guest today. I appreciate it. No problem. Glad to be here. I definitely learned a lot from you today. Thank you. (laughs) Very good. And thanks a lot. Thank you for joining us for today's Nurture Small Business, creating a thriving space podcast. Learn more about your host at dcavirtual.com or by emailing her directly at denise at dcavirtual.com.